The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the mitzvot Today's daf is being dedicated anonymously For the Refuah Shalom of Yeshaya Ben Salah En la refana lo Betoch Shar Chulia Amo Yisrael Amen Daf Lamed Aleph Today's daf is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihainu Began Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'fuah Shilema Hakam Obadiah Yosef Ben Gurjia Elna Refanalo Betoch Sha'ar Hule'amu Israel Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Amiruhemet Shinefteret Bekitsur Yamin Veshanim Amidukit Beyesurin Mazal Bat Frida Ruach Hashem Tanihinam Began Eden Amen We begin today's daf on Lamed Alef Amud Rishon Right at the top on the second line The Gemara begins Tanu Rabbanam Sukkah Gizulah We go from talking about a Lulav Gazul Now we go to a Sukkah Gizulah Sukkah that was stolen Vamsakech Bershu Tarabim or for that matter, somebody uh, makes the sukkah in the Rishut Tarim, in the public domain. That's also gezir, because he's stealing from the uh, public. It's not uh, his property. So we have a machloket of it. Bili'ezer, posel, b'achamim, b'achshirim. Bili'ezer says pasud, b'achamim say kasher. Now, Rav Nachman is going to define the machloket. Amar Rav Nachman, machloket b'shetokef et chavero v'hosio mesukato. The mahlokan is where a guy comes and overpowers his friend and he uh, pulls, throws him out of his sukkah. The guy's sitting in his backyard in his private sukkah on his property and the gazlan comes along, overpowers him, throws him out of his sukkah and he's going to sit in that guy's sukkah. So there already we have a, he's a thief. So it's a sukkah gazulah. So we're going to see now if this is his yotzeh or not. Now, the Bidi'ezel said, Pasul, finish, you're not good. Now, let's analyze. But the Bidi'ezel, the Ta'ameh, the Amar, En Adam Yotze Yedei Chobato Besukato Shel Havero. As you remember, we learned in the last Perek, the Bidi'ezel had a unique shita that said, you can only sit in your sukkah for seven days. You can't sit in somebody else's sukkah. My was Haga Sukkot Taaseh Lecha Shivaat Yamin. Your sukkah has to be a seven-day sukkah. Now, in this case over here, even if you want to say that he's not considered a gazlan, right? Let's say that you can't steal karka. Okay, for karka in an exilit. You can't steal uh, the sukkahs attached to the ground over here. You can't steal anything. So at worst, it's not, it's not better than a borrowed sukkah. I mean, you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah. So that's one reason you're not going to be your Because according to me, the Isaac, you can only sit in your sukkah, which doesn't make it, it's not the Gazlan sukkah, obviously. So therefore, at worst, you didn't steal anything. But what? It still remains the Nigzal sukkah. And therefore, you're sitting in a sukkah, let's say, that is borrowed. I karkan nigzelet. Now, the Gibraltar is going to explain. I karkan nigzelet. If you say karka is stolen, sukkah gizulai. So then already not you'd say because it's indeed a sukkah gizulah. Ve'ina me karka enan exilet, and even if you want to say that karka is not stolen, sukkah shi'ulai. So it's not better than a borrowed sukkah. Which means the Gemara is giving you the two sides, no matter which side you take, bottom line according to the Bilya is going to be pasul. If you say it's stolen, so it's a stolen sukkah. Pasuk is a haka sukkah ta'aseh lecha. Lecha is going to be your sukkah. It can be a stolen sukkah, so finish. No good. And even if you want to say that what? It's not stolen. Good. So who's it belong to? The nixal? 
the original owner, so you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah. And according to Bili you can only sit in your own sukkah. So the Gemara is giving you, however you learn, because it's really mahlukit in Gemara, in Baba Kama, do you say karkan exhalet or not? Do you say that you can steal property? That's a mahlukit in itself. So what the Gemara is doing over here, it, it's, it's skirting that issue, it's, it doesn't matter. Which is whether you hold karka is nixelit or not nixelit. Either way, according to me, the Aizid, you're not, you'd say, in the sukkah. I've got to explain. You say karka nixelit, so the guy's a thief. You want, you stole somebody's sukkah. If you're sitting in the sukkah, gizulah, sukkah gizulah, pesulah. If you want to say sukkah is not nixelit, good. So now you're sitting in a, we'll call it, a, you're borrowing the guy's sukkah. Right, without uh, asking permission, actually. But the point is, you're not going to be yotze as well. Now let's read Rashi. Mahloket, second line. Ha de pasil. Rebili ahizer, kegon shetakafet habero bechoska. You overpowered your friend, right? you strong armed him. Vyotzio misukato. You pulled him out of his sukkah. Haberuya bekarkaosh and exal. Right, it's built in an exile's property. So she's just answering a question that a sukkah is considered karka. Why? Because it's attached to the ground. Anything that's attached to the ground has a deen of karka. Therefore the Kabbalah is going to say either way you look at it, the sukkah is going to be pesula. And we continue Rashi. I karkan nixelet kilomar. Im yesh ala karka torat gezel kishar metalteli naamod baaskata gazlan. If karka is a deen of movables, then just like by movables you could steal, so too karka you could steal. Hesuka gezulai. So then hesuka is already stolen. There be the ayezet darish taasel lecha, mishlecha, velo gezula, velo sheula. Haga sukkot ta'asir khar bi di aizir learns khar bi yours. So therefore, if you say it's gizulah, you're not yotze. Vi ena nigzelet, hashi, bechol ayamim bishrut ba'aleahi. So the rest of the sukkot, you tell me it's still in the original owner's possession, hab yelish she'ulah. When she says it's she'ulah, it's not borrowed, because you really didn't borrow it. All that she's trying to say is, the Gibraltar is trying to say is, it's not better than borrowing. You didn't ask God permission, you didn't borrow his sukkah, but it's like a din of she'ulah. Uflukta'i ba'gozel, hika leman da'amar karka'an nigzelet, the darish ribuyu mi'ud, hika leman da'amar karka'an nigzelet, darish kolev kateh. This is the Gemara ba'bekamah, it's actually a machloket in derashot, do you say karka'an nigzelet or not? So the Gemara is saying, of it doesn't matter. She's according to me, the ayahs, take whatever opinion you want to take. Bottom line, you're not going to be Yotzeh Memanafshach. Because that's the opinion of the B'li'ayz. Let's, let's go to Rabbanan. Rabbanan says, Rabbanan, Leta'amayu. De'amre, Adam Yotzeh Yedu Chobato, Besukato Shil Habero, Vekarka, Ena Anigzelet, Vesuka Ashi'ulahi. Very good. According to Hakamim, they have a definitive shita. They say, number one, Karka Ena Anigzelet. The rabbi subscribed to the opinion, you can't steal karka. So this gazlan, when he threw the guy out of his sukkah, you didn't steal anything. What did you steal? The ground? The real estate? You can't steal karka. Good. Okay, but bottom line, you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah. It's not your sukkah. So what? The rabbis hold, you don't have to sit in your sukkah for seven days. You can even sit in a borrowed sukkah. So this is not different than a borrowed sukkah. So therefore you have uh, no problem. That's the opinion of Hakamim. Okay, let's read that sheet. Verabanan ta'amayu. The Amre, they said, Yotze Adam Besuka, Sheeno Shelo, Besheula, Besvida le de Karka and Anexelet. The Rabbanani, the Amri Perica Gose, de Karka and Anexelet. Ufligi Ale, the Rabbi Eliezer Name, Bead Gizilat Karka. Hilkach, Sheulai. Now, actually, she's telling us that Rabbi Eliezer in Masikat Baba Kama clearly. Uh, is of the opinion that says that uh, karka is nixelet. So therefore, if Rabbi Yehazir clearly holds karka nixelet, so the Gemara didn't have to give you technically two sides of Rabbi Yehazir. The Gemara could have just said like this: Rabbi Yehazir says it's pasul because he holds karka nixelet, and if it's gazlan, 
and finished. Why did the Gemara then have to give you, if you hold the Gzelet, it's Gazul. If you don't hold the Gzelet, it's Sha'uda. Well, so that she's asking that question now. The Kaura, the Gemara, knows the Bidiyah is the Shitan of the Kama. Bidiyah is the one that says, Karkar Gzelet. So that she says, the Gebra could have said that Abili Aizel is following his reasoning. The Amar Begozel Karkan Exelet Vesuka Gezulai Demiyaish Beali Mine Kishal Metaltelim. Because we'll say that the owners, when the item gets stolen, just like they give up hope, they make Yush. So too over here, when the uh, uh, that, that, that's why Karkan is like Metalt. That's Abili Aizel's logic. That just it's different. What's the difference? Bottom line, what's the logic? Guy gets something stolen, he gives up hope. What's the difference if it's a movable? What's the difference if it's a karka? Bottom line, he gives up, uh, gives up hope. David the karka b'askat kazlan, and now the karka belongs to the kazlan. Means he's a thief. The rabbanan the tamayu da'ami karka ain't an exilit ushulai. Ela iyamar because if the gemara would have said that, have a mashma de modu de biliyazir b'shiula. It would have sounded like that it be the Aizah's only reason why it's no good in this case is because it's Gizullah. We would have implied that Shi'ullah is okay, borrowed is okay, and that's not so. So the Gemara didn't want to give a false impression in the Bidi Aizah that you'd think Shi'ullah is okay. So that's what the Gemara said, listen. If you hold Gizullah, it's stolen. If you hold not Gizullah, it's still no good because it's Shi'ullah. The Gemara wanted to give you both options so you'll know what he holds by. Shiulat, you can steal karka. The finish is over. You can steal karka. It's stolen. It's finished. That's why you cannot sit in the uh, sukkah. So therefore, the Gemara says, you're right. You could have done that. But then we would have, we would have a misinterpretation. I would have said, oh, that's the problem because it's gizula. Mm-hmm. But if it was borrowed, maybe the Bezir would say it's okay. But that's not so either. Because it's borrowed just as bad. So therefore, the Gemara is giving you the options. If you hold this, then it's the deen. If you hold that, that's the deen. Okay, so that's a great mahluk between that would be the Aizid and the Hakamim. Okay. The Mefarshim asked this. The Mefarshim asked this in the Rabbanan, let's say. Right? The Rabbanan are telling you what? That you yotze. Okay, because they say, Good, so you didn't steal. The bottom line, you're sitting in the sukkah without permission. Which means you didn't ask, the, you didn't borrow it. Borrow means you ask the guy permission. So hey, bottom line, you, you threw the guy out of his sukkah. That's Gibraltar, it's photo. So you, whether you're a thief or not, but you definitely did over here an Averah by throwing the guy out of his sukkah and not getting permission. Even if we don't call you a, 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 an actual, you know, halachic thief. So, the advice is over here like this, to answer this question. He says, Shekeban she'en karkan nigzelet, since you said that karka is not stolen, ve'akata b'rishut ba'alea omedet, Barman, the original owner still owns the land, ve'kiyuma mitzvah eno motzi et asukam mirshutam, which is what you're doing now, this mitzvah, you're not taking any of the sukkah out of his uh, domain. You're not doing anything to the sukkah itself. You're not removing the sukkah out of the possession. Uh, the back compares it. Imagine a guy stole property. Uh, somewhere else, he stole property, right? Now he's sitting in his sukkah. Sukkah is not a stolen property. Are you are you your sukkah if you have stolen property in your uh, portfolio? Of course, what, what, what's that stolen property got to do with my sukkah? So he's saying the same thing over here. Okay. Here it's not connected. Which is the fact that I stu- that, that I, I went into the sukkah over here without permission. Bottom line, I'm not. I didn't take the the, the, the land out of his uh, property, so I didn't have permission. So therefore, it's not going to affect the actual sukkah itself. So the acharonim are trying to explain the real sevara of this litba over here. So the acharonim say an interesting sevara over here like this. They say like this: the psul of matzvah ba'avera is only said in the hefetz that you're doing the mitzvah with. 
which means mitzvah ba'avavira is a psul in the hafetz, in, intrinsically in the item itself. For example, like the korban. We learned that today by the korban, that when you steal a korban, the korban itself has the deen of a piseyah. Just like a piseyah is pasul forever, so too now this korban, it's, it's hafetz, it's itself, intrinsically, is going to be pasul, has the deen of a ba'amum, and therefore it's pasul. And therefore we hear, since the sukkah itself, the hafetz of sukkah, you, you, it's like gezel. Bottom line, you, in the sukkah itself, you can't call it pasul of gezel, and because bottom line, karka is not exiled, so therefore you cannot say mitzvah ba'avavira, which is only say mitzvah ba'avira in the item itself, like the lulav and gazul, the lulav itself was stolen. Here, Nothing stolen over here. No. So therefore you cannot say mitzvah ba'avira in this case. That's why the one explained the herit bar. So t- t- technically the guy, the guy that throws his friend out of the sukkah called the hakamim, you would say, you fulfilled the mitzvah of sukkah. I mean, there's a word in the Right, we're not saying that this is the chatayla, but this is what the din is. Okay, now the Gemara continues. Aval, back to the Gemara. However, gazal itzim. But let's say a guy stole wood. Here we're talking, you didn't steal it, you just stole the karka. You went into the guy's sukkah, ready built, and you sand it. But now let's say a guy's got his own backyard, building his own sukkah, but he steals the schach. Okay, aval gazal etzim. Vesikech baim, and use them for schach. Devreakol, everybody holds. En noela deme etzim. Everybody holds, you can use the schach. No problem, you only have to pay back the me'aitzim, the price for the wood. Okay, now we have to see what the logic is, Rashi. Aval, gazal aitzim v'sikech ba'em, enzu lo gizula, belo she'ula. According to everybody, it's not gezel anymore, nor is it borrowed. Why? Dekananu b'shinui ma'aseh b'shinui Hashem. Which is bottom line... Everybody's going to hold, once you put that schach on top of your uh, sukkah, so now you own it. How do you own it? Either because you made a shinui ma'aseh, right? You turn this regular wood now, now you put it on top of you, tie it on top of your sukkah, so you made a shinui, a change, or you made a shinui Hashem. Originally it was called wood, and now it's called schach. And therefore, according to everybody, you own it now. Oh, the odd. So that's one reason why, so what's the whole logic of the Gemara before? Either it's stolen goods, and you're not you're saying what's stolen goods, well this, this item's not stolen anymore, this item is considered, you own it, now granted you have to pay back, but you, have to, you only have to pay back money, but the item schach itself is yours, therefore it's not gizula, it's not shi'ula. The whole issue of the last Gemara was, is it stolen, is it borrowed, here, what is it? Here it's not considered stolen or borrowed, here it's considered what? You own it. So now the government that she gives a different reason. The old Meshut Takanata Shavim. We're going to learn about a special takana that the rabbis made called Takanata Shavim, the takana for Ba'alit Teshuvah. They were concerned if a guy steals a, a beam, right, and puts it in his house. So they were worried now if you're going to make him return the beam, which, we, which was, is really the law of the Torah. You steal a beam, you got to return the beam. They were concerned that what? That the guy is not going to want to dismantle his entire house to return a beam, and therefore you're going to dissuade the guy from making teshuvah. And therefore, because of because the guy can't make teshuvah, what do you tell the guy? The only way he can make teshuvah is take off, take apart your house, and return the beam. Nobody's going to do it. So the rabbis made a tekanah called tekanah mirish, where it says that if a guy stole a beam and he put it in his house, halakha says you only have to pay back money. So the same thing is over by a sukkah. That when a guy steals wood, and you put it in your sukkah, you're going to make the guy dismantle it, so now the guy is not going to dismantle it. And then you're going to cause the guy to be a, uh, a thief. So therefore, as she says, Oh, so that she has a, a, a question over here. As she says like this, so by wood, everybody agrees. No problem. Right? Questions like this. The rabbis, Rabbanan, they also agree that a sukkah gizula is pesula. But based on this Gemara, we have no case. Give me a case where the rabbis will say a sukkah gizula is pesula. If you, if, you, if you bump the guy out of his sukkah, so therefore it's not gizula. If you stole schach, 
doesn't matter. Skak belongs to you after you made a killing of the pay back money. So that she's bothered now. What do you mean? So give me a case where the rabbis will give you sukkah gizula. So you have to say it's a sukkah that's not on karka. What's that case? You stole the sukkah on the boat. Or you stole the sukkah on the wagon. Since there's no karka in that case, you could actually steal the sukkah itself. And that's the case. That's the only case of sukkah gives law according to Hakarim. So that she says, La begozir sukkah mechoberet la karka, velo begozir atzim, umesekechpem. Those are not the cases. Ela begozir sukkah asya berosh ha'gala, uberosh ha'sefina. Dihi atzma nigzelet, shena mechoberet la karka. Right, in this case over there, he doesn't return money, he has to return the actual sukkah. Which means the rabbis only made takana merish, this takana that, you know, you just have to pay back money. Which means what was the logic why the rabbis didn't have to pay back the beam? You worked, you built it, you put it in your house, you spent money. So now already the guy's invested, the guy's not taking apart his uh, house to pay back a beam. So the rabbis understand when a guy works, and you're going to tell me I have to return the beam, he's not going to return the beam. And therefore he's not going to make the shuva. But in this case over here, he didn't do anything. He just stole a, he stole a sukkah. It's not like the guy's invested in his work and, and therefore to say, you know what? If you stole sukkah, if you're going to make him return it, he's, gonna, he's not going to return it because of, uh, because of what? Why should he return it? He didn't do any work, he just stole it. There's a difference between stealing a regular sukkah than stealing a beam and putting it in. Takanat Mirish was the logic. Takanat Mirish is, you took it, you built it, you put it in. Now tell the guy to return the beam. Hey, listen, I, I worked uh, for, two, for, two, for three days to get this beam in my house over here. I banged it. I cost me money to do it and all that. Now you tell me to take it apart. I'm not taking it apart. Oh, we understand the dynamic over there. So then the rabbi said, you know what? We don't want this guy to die with a havon on his head. Don't, don't, don't pay the beam back. Just pay back money and you're off the hook. But when a guy steals already built sukkah, he didn't do any work. What did he do? He still stole. Is there any takanat minish over there? No. What are you going to tell the guy? No. The guy's going to say, no, I'm not returning it. I, why should you return it? You didn't, do, you, you didn't pay any money for this. You didn't do the work. And therefore, it's a gazlan. And therefore, he has to return the actual sukkah. So therefore, the only case, according to the banan, that you have a sukkah gazula, is either you stole it off a boat, or you stole it off a wagon, which is common denominator between the cases. No karka involved. Right, that's what I say. Take the whole thing. That's the same case. That's the case of you stole the sukkah. You stole the sukkah. Put your property. You stole your sukkah. You stole the guy's sukkah itself. You picked up the sukkah. You took it. Well, you took the sukkah and stole it. That's the same case. Took it. You put on your karka. You didn't steal karka in that case. You picked up the guy's sukkah. But what if it's not your boat? I mean, shouldn't it still be? Does that mean not your boat? Uh, I don't know. It's not your boat. I don't see why. You stole the guy's sukkah, but you took the sukkah off the boat. Oh, you took it off the boat. You took the sukkah off the boat. I think you sat on it on the boat. No, you took the Even if you took it on the boat, even if you sat on the boat, even if the kafut on you sat on the boat, it's not karka. You're right. Even if you sat in the sukkah on the boat, it's not karka. The boat is able to be stolen. The boat is movable. Yeah. Because he stole the boat. He didn't steal the boat. You stole the sukkah that's on the boat. But the boat itself is immovable. What's the logic of a sukkah on karka? Why is the sukkah karka? The sukkah is not karka, sukkah is immovable. But anything that's attached to the ground has a deen of ground. Anything that's karka, is the sukkah on the boat attached to karka? No. No, finish it, you can steal it. Yeah, if you pick it up. Oh, you threw the guy out. Yes, yes. No, it's not a boat is not on land. Yeah, of course. Right, right, right. I'm just telling you the boat case could be either you threw the guy out of his account a boat, you're a gazlan now. Your boat or his boat doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Let's read this inside now the Gemara. Aval. Gazal Aitzin Vesikh Bahim, you stole the wood and used it for schach, the Vira called Eno Ella de Meitzim. Mimai. Now the Gemara asked the question. How do you know to learn the mahloket of Sukagizula? That the case is where you threw the guy out of his sukkah. Right? That's the way that Nachman explained the case. The mahluk it is where you went into the guy's sukkah, the gazlan went in, and threw him out. How do you know to define the mahluk like that? So the Gibbara says, Because the Gibbara gave two cases. The Gibbara gave the case of sukkah, gizula, or you build a sukkah, a sukkah into the shoot and abim. There must be a connection between the two cases. Ma reshut abim karka lavdi dehu. The common denominator in the cases is both the karka is not his. 
And, and when you build a Sukkot Neshut Rabin, obviously the land does not belong to you. The land is the, the public domain. And therefore the first case also of Sukkah Gizla is talking about where you stole a Sukkah in a certain way where the Karka is not yours. How do you do that? You throw the guy out of the Sukkah. He, so no, he, it's on the Nigzal's land. And the Gizla went and threw him out and he started it. So that's why we know the Mahlok it is in such a case where the Karka itself does not belong to the Gazla. Hai Savta. There was an old lady. The Atai Likamid Rav Nachman. She came in front of Rav Nachman. So what does she do? She says, Amra Leh. She tells Rav Nachman, Resh Giluta, the Exolarch. This was in Babel. Vechulehu Rabbanan de Resh Giluta. And all the rabbis that are sitting in the sukkah with the resh kilutah besukah gizulah havu yetveh you should know they're all sitting in a stolen sukkah it seems they stole the wood from her so therefore she's coming to Rav Nachman she's coming to Bentin she's saying hey Rabbi all, all these guys sitting in the sukkah you should know it's a sukkah gizulah safha vila ashkahba Rav Nachman she screamed and screamed and Rav paid no attention to her disregarded her Amra so the lady says, Itita, a lady, Dahaba Lela Abuha, Tlat Avde, a lady that her father had 318 servants. Safha Kamaiku, she comes and screams in front of the betting, Vinoaska Tinuba, and they don't pay attention to her. She was trying to say, Listen, my father was Avram Abinu, and we know that Avram Abinu in his army. According to the tradition was, he had 318 soldiers. So she's trying to say, what do you mean? You're not giving me the time of day? Do you know I'm a, I'm a daughter of Avram Abinu, just like the next guy? Which means, what, just because you're the... That man was Hashuv, he worked, he was like the... Um, uh, had power in Bavil. So obviously he had servants. So what she was saying is, what, you're the only one that had servants? I also had servants. My, my father also was a Hashuv person. And therefore you don't give me the time of day? Amar Lehur of Nachman. So Rahman then reacts and says, This lady over here, she's a screamer. She's a complainer. Ruling. She only has the Me'itzim. She can only collect the money for the wood. But the Skakh belongs to the Neshgalut. Even if they did steal it. Doesn't matter. Once they build it in Sukkah, what's the deen? Takanat Merish. Takanat Merish. The Sukkah now is uh, theirs. Uh, what's the ruling he made? Okay. Now we're going to have to see what was Rav Nachman's reaction over here. Rav Nachman is a betin over here. How could a lady come into the betin and Rav Nachman disregards her, screaming and not paying any attention, and then all of a sudden he makes the ruling, what kind of story is this over here? We'll wait for the Gemara further and maybe we'll be able to see a, an answer to this question. Amar Avina. Amar Avina. A kishura is a beam, right? This beam, the mtalalta of the sukkah, the gizula that was stolen. The rabbis also instituted a takana, mishum takanat mirish. I mean, the same takanat mirish beam that applies to the house. Also, you steal a beam and you put it in the sukkah. Same halacha applies. So the What's the takarah katashi? Avdu rabbanan takanta litol damav to take money. Me pre takarah merish velo amir enka nefsed meruba the yestiv sukato. You might have argued something like this. Hey, sukkah's not a house. Maybe the house guy's not gonna take down his house. Therefore, you know what? You gotta you gotta give him an option. But a sukkah, it's got a temporary structure. You take down your sukkah and return it. So the Hadus of Nabina is no. That bottom line, since you're building it for seven days, that's considered like a keva, and therefore the same takana applies. And the Nabina's Hadush. That don't think it's only said by homes, it's also said by Sukkot. So the Gemara says, Peshita. Now the Gemara is the Peshita over here. Why is it different than wood? Look at the Rashi in the first line. We know this rule already. Didn't we just say above the guy stole wood and put it in his sukkah? You're okay? No, no. So what's the difference? He stole a beam and he put it in his sukkah. Why would I think a beam is different than 
wood. But you, the, 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 the rule was set already somewhere else. So the Gemara said, I tell you know why? Maybe wood is it's common. It's, it's easy to find wood. And therefore I'll say like this, you know what? If you stole wood, keep the wood. Don't a guy give him money, he'll go buy the wood. Because wood, you go to lumber yard and you get wood. But beans are less prevalent. So emalo. I might have thought, you know what? If you steal a beam, now we're going to give the guy money. Maybe where's the guy going to find the beam? It's not too simple. So I might have thought maybe there's no tekanat merish by the beam. Kamash ma'alan, that even a beam, even though it's not as prevalent to find it, once you put it in your sukkah, it's okay. There's no difference between wood, and there's no difference between beams. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, first white line, it seems shkiche. Look at it's easy to buy with money. She attend lawze hilkak mishum takrata shavim because of the takrata shavim lo atrehud lekzol lekozel dehan nizamatsi mitrahomizvan because the nizal can take the money and go go buy it. But maybe when it comes to kesura, you might think it's harder. Comes with no difference. Therefore, even if you stole a bimper in your sukkah, it's okay. That's okay. Meaning takrata shavim allows you to keep it and pay. So the Gemara says, Hani mile begoshiva. Uh, when do we say you only have to pay the me'etzim? That's only when they come and claim it to you on Sukkot. Let's say the guy comes on Sukkot. says, hey, uh, you know, you're sitting in my uh, wood. That's my wood. Uh, rabbis will say what? The me'etzim. But after Sukkot is over, which means that's it. It goes back to the original law. Take down the sukkah and pay him back, give him back his wood. Now, but if you cemented down the schach, right? You put it down solid, even after seven you pay money. Because like a house now. What's the logic of a house? Guy's not going to dismantle his house. So if you put the schach down with the cement where it's, it's solid in, doesn't matter even after sukkot. So that's a very important alakhaya. Yavesh Pasul. We said in the Mishnah, a lulav, that's Yavesh, dried up, is Pasul. Rabbi Yudah Makhshir. But the bright over here is telling us in Shitab Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah actually says, Yavesh is Kashir. So again, we have a Bachlok in the Braita by a lulav, Yavesh. Kashir or Pasul. Tarakama Pasul. Rabbi Yudah Kashir. This mahloket tanakaman the biyudah is dafka by the lulav. The rabbanan savri the rabbi say makshinan lulav le etrog. They make a hekesh between the lulav and the etrog. Ma etrog ba'ay hadar af lulav ba'ay hadar. If you look in the Torah when the Torah talks about the etrog, what is the Torah called the etrog? Peri it's hadar, right? A peri that's hadar that's beautiful. That only says by etrog. But the rabbis say, we make a case. Since all the things are written in the same pasuk, so just like the drug has to be hadar, so the lulav has to be hadar. Now a dried out lulav is obviously not hadar. So that's the shita of hachamim. They make a case between lulav and etrog. Which means, Rabbi Yudas, no. It says it by etrog, it's etrog. We don't make the hekesh. Now look at Rashi. Three lines from the bottom, three lines from the wide lines. Lo makshinan. Lo kshu lmodze mize. Now, he says, no, we don't have a kesh. Ve lo nitan ledrosh ma'atzmo. Mikol yud gimel midot shatran ledresh bim ila kabahome. And she gives us a klal over here, the shitat rashi. There's 13 different ways to be doresh the Torah. He holds that. While a kalvachomer, you don't have to have a tradition. Kalvachomer, a rabbi can donate it on his own. If you have a logical kalvachomer, you don't have to have a tradition from your rabbi. But hekeshim, where you're saying, this is compared to this, according to the she, you can't do it unless you have a tradition from your rabbi. You can't just come along and say, you know what, I think since these two words are next to each other, I'm going to make a derasha. No, 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 you have to have a tradition. So the she's just telling you, why didn't the Yehuda make the hekesh? Because obviously he did not have a tradition. So the Mahalokan really is it. The, the, the rabbis who had a tradition on the Sekesh compared to Lulav to Etrog. Just like Etrog has to be Adar, so to Lulav has to be Adar. But Rabbi Yudah lo Makish. Now it should be noted that the uh, Tosafot has a uh, different opinion over here. Uh, he actually holds that a uh, Hekesh as well uh, can be uh, Bidrash uh, on your own. 
uh, he says the only one that you can't doresh on your own is a gizrah shabah. That's when you take two words. Right? You have one word in one parasha, one word in the other parasha, and you want to link them. He says, but a hekesh, anybody can do that as well. So you have to say, the Muslim has logic then. So Tosfot wants to say like this. The reason why he says you don't need hadar by a lulaf, because hadar is what? Hadar is beautiful. Beautiful is shayach by a peri, by a fruit. Yeah, it's a beautiful fruit. But a lulav loves a tree. The word hadar is not a word that's used by a tree. So therefore, that's the logic of the Be'udah. So it comes out, we have a machlok of the Shittos fought why the Be'udah does not say hadar by lulav. Rashi holds, he doesn't have the Akish. Why doesn't he have the Akish? Make the Akish. Rashi, he didn't have a tradition. You need a tradition for Akish. According to Tosfot, no, you don't need to do the Akesh. You can make the Akesh on your own. You're not linking two words, you're linking concepts together. Oh, so why isn't the old, it's uh, okay. Why isn't the old, you need Hadar? Because the word Hadar is not a word used for non-fruit items. Itrog is a fruit. Not a, uh, that's Tosfot's opinion. So comes the Gemara and says... Abal Betrog. But when it comes to the Yitrog, Hadar Ba'inan. Because the Torah clearly says, Piri Ahetz Hadar. And that's referring to the Yitrog. So everybody holds that the Yitrog has to be nice. Uh, she says, The Hadar Ketiv Be, Velodashil Rabbi Uda, Nashi is telling you Hadushia. Later on, the Gemara later on, is going to Doresh the word Hadar, different opinions, not to mean beautiful. For example, Ben Azai is going to say the word Hadar comes from the Greek word Idur. Idur means water. And the Hadush is saying that the uh, species that you're going to get for your pity, it's Hadar, it's a fruit that grows by water. And dependent on abundant water. Now, once already you see there's options to learn the word Hadar, but in this case, you're learning it as Idur. Uh, so the Hadush is, no, no, no. When it comes to the Etrog, everybody learns Hadar, beautiful, even a Biyudah. And he doesn't subscribe to the other opinions of how to learn the word Hadar. Again, there's other opinions how to learn the word Hadar. We're learning it, Pashut Hadar is beautiful. But I can tell you, Hadar is Lashon Idur. Or the Gemara is going to give you Hadar, if you put a Dagesh in the Dalid, Hadar, that dwells. You need a type of fruit that dwells in the tree from year to year. Yeah. And a trog is different than any other fruit. Normally a fruit, after it ripens, it falls off the tree. And a trog can stay on the tree for two, three years without falling off. It lives on the tree from year to year. Hadar. So therefore, there are many ways to talk about Hadar. So the Hadush of the Kemal is, no, no, no. When it comes to a trog, even the Biudah says the Hadar is beautiful, and therefore by talking he agrees. And he doesn't subscribe to the other opinions that the word Hadar is Idur, water, or Hadar, you don't go with those. He goes with Hadar uh, being beautiful. That's the Kadush of the Gemara. Let's just read that in Nashi. The Hadar Ketibe, the Darshina, the Biudah, Idur, the Son Yivani, the Darshina, Ben Azai, the Kaman. Now, Ben Azai is only one of the opinions later on. But there's a few opinions later on, and she just quoted the first opinion later on that is explaining Hadar out of its normal understanding. Comes the Gemara and says, Ubilulav, lo ba'ir biyudah Hadar? Kibbas, wait, tell me. By Lulav, the biyudah doesn't only need it to be uh, beautiful? Because he's the one that said that a dry Lulav is okay. Is that so? That Tenan, we have a Mishnah. The biyudah omer, ya'agdenu mil ma'la. We said in the case in the Mishnah that we learned yesterday, you have a lulav, that's nifritsu. Right? The leaves are spread. Right? So what did Rabbi Yehuda say? Tie it. So we're assuming, what's the logic why he wants you to tie it? We're assuming because he wants the lulav to look nice. But when you have a lulav that's all spread out, it's not nice. So the tying is a deen in hadar. See so what the Yehuda does hold of. Hadar. Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. Kedektani ta'ama. Rabbi Yehuda omen mishum Rabbi Terfon. Kapot temarim kafut. The Torah, how does the Torah call it ulav? Kapot temarim. So it means a palm branch. Kapot. However, the rabbi Rabbi Yehuda learns the word kapot. Kafut. Read it kafut. What does kafut mean? Tied. 
ואם היה פרוד, יכפתנו. שדה איפה זה דין דפנטיז, דין כפות, שדה דין הדר. תורה says for whatever reason, when you have your love, it's got to be tied. So really it does not have to be הדר, but it has to be כפות. קאבס גמרן says, that she just calls the word כפות from מסכת מכות. So when they would give a guy מכות, it says they would כופת אותו אצל העמוד. They would tie him against a pole, and then they would whip him. So you see the word כפות means to tie. So the Gemaras says, hold it. ולא בעי הדר, but the Behuda doesn't hold of הדר? Question. ואתנן אין עוגדין את הלולב, אלא במינו. The Gemaras says, you only make the tying, when you tie the lulav, you only make it במינו. From a species of the lulav itself, meaning you take a, a palm branch itself to tie it, or you take hadasim, let's say, and use it as the tie, only bimino. That's only the opinion of the Yehuda. What's the reason? My ta'ama, lab mishum hadar. Why is the Yehuda telling you you got to make it from the species itself? Because it's pretty. When you have the same species, it looks nice. As opposed to now you're going to take a, a, a string or you think something else doesn't, uh, I'll say it, doesn't match, doesn't look nice. So you see what the fact that the Yehuda says, you need to use the same species of the Lulav and the Hadas Arabah as a tie, that's because it has to be Hadar. Kibra says, no, that's not the reason. No, wrong. Rabbi Rava says, when we say same species, it can even be sieve. Sieve is the ivy that grows around the tree. Or the roots that grow, which is also the same species. But it's not the nice part of the species. When we say same species, what it means has to be nice. You're taking the root of the palm tree. How pretty is the root of the palm tree? But obviously it's not the anyan of, of prettiness. So what's the anyan? The ela might tamad rabi Hatam over there, the kasava lulav sarich eged. Because rabi is the opinion that says that you, it's a mitzvah, you must tie. The imaite mina aharina, if you're going to take another species, havilu hamisha minin. Now it's going to be considered a fifth species because this is considered part of the mitzvah. Which if you hold lulav sarich eged, so now you're taking a string. Now, when you wrap the string around, that's part of the mitzvah itself. The Torah says take four species. Now you end up taking how many? Five species. That's why it's not. do it hadar, not hadar. But that's only because Rabbi Yudah says lulav sarich eged. But if you hold lulav and sarich eged, therefore, the uh, tying and tying or anything. Because bottom line, it's not for the mitzvah. It's not considered part of the, uh, part of the lulav itself. But Rabbi Yudah who holds mitzvah of eged, so they're thinking have a problem. For that, the Gemara says, Ube'etrog. Correct. Comes the Gemara and says, Ube'etrog. Mi ba'ir bi'udah hadar? Now we're going the other way. By etrog, everybody says you need hadar. Even the bi'udah. That's the Gemara. Peri ayats hadar, everybody agrees hadar. Gemara says, yeah? According to the bi'udah, you need hadar by etrog? Gemara says, when it comes to the four species of the lulav, that's the lulav, adas, araba, and the etrog, just like you cannot take less than four species, so too you cannot add to them. Let's say you didn't find an etrog. Okay, you couldn't find an etrog. Lo yavi, lo parish. Don't bring a quince, it's like a sour apple. Velo rimon. Don't bring a pomegranate. You can't replace the etrog with another item. Kemushin kesherin. If the etrog or the species are, they're not fully dried yet, but they're not really fresh, they're somewhere in between dry and fresh, that's called kemushin. It's like they have a certain moisture to them. They're withered, but they're not totally dry yet. Kemushin kesherin, yevishin pesulin, but dry, pesulin. Now here's the biyuda. The biyuda, Omer, af yevishin. 
Now the chavra is called in the four species. Right. That means even in the trog that's dried out is okay. So what do you see? You see that what he doesn't hold the vadar. Furthermore, Amar Biyuda, Maaseh, Bibne Kerachin. There's a story with the people that lived in the cities. He, the people who lived in the cities, they didn't have access to the gardens, to the orchards. And therefore they didn't get Dudavim and all these, uh, you know, items for Sukkot. So what did they do? Shayu Morishin et Lulevehen They used to inherit, bequeath the Dudavim to their grandchildren. Which means they would keep the Dudav from year to year, and they would hand it over. Which is, they would dry. To show you how much you don't have to worry about the subject, this was a practice that they used to do. Amru. So the rabbis come along and tell Rabbi Yehuda, Misham Raya, that's your Raya, your Raya for Lulav Yavish, is kashir, you're bringing it from these guys over there living in the cities? And Sha'at Adachak Raya. How could you bring your Raya from Sha'at Adachak? These guys were living in the, in the circumstances, which this was a situation over here. This was excruciating circumstances over here. You're going to bring your Raya, that's from a case where they had no choice? That's the Brighter. Okay, now the Gemara is going to analyze. Ketani Mihat. We have a partial quote from the Blaita. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Afyevishin Kesherin. There you go. Rabbi Yehuda clearly says that dry is Kesher. My lava etrog. And the Chaurat is going back on the etrog. Gemara says, no, alulav. It's going back on the lulav. And therefore you're right, when it says the four species, mm-hmm. and if it's dry, it's kasher, it's only going back on the lulav if it's dry. But the etrog itself, because it says by etrog, peri et sadar. Can't get out of that. And therefore the Buddha agrees that etrog has to be adar. Good? Yeah. Now the Gemara comes the Gemara and says like this. Amar mor. Keshem. Now, we have to analyze for one second before we go even further. The logic of Hachamim. Hachamim are coming along and saying that what? You bring your eye, huh? Shatadahak. Shatadahak is different. Now let's analyze for a second. If the rabbis hold that Yavish is Pasul, so what is Shatadahak going to make a difference? It sounds like the rabbis are agreeing with Tribu, doesn't it? Shatadahak, we understand why they're bequeathed. What do you mean? How can they bequeathed? It's Pasul. It's Pasul. What's the. So the Rishonim say over here like this. The Ra'abad, very important Ra'abad. He says like this. You're right. You're not Yotzeh with this Lulav. So why do the Rabbis condone it? It's just a Zechir. We want them to remember that there's a Lulav in the world. That when it comes to Sukkot, you have to, you have to take a Lulav. You're not Yotzeh with this Lulav. So why do they let them bequeath it? Just so you'll have a... a, a, a Remembrance that there's a halaka of a lulav. If you're going to tell them what, take three species, you're going to forget that there's a yana of a lulav. So the Ravad's learning over here, this is a commemorative item. That's all. When the rabbi said, Shatadag no raya, not that they were saying it's kashir, they were really saying it is possible. But you know what? Let them do what they do. Why? Just so they can remember that there's a yana of a lulav in the world. The Rosh has a different understanding. The Rosh says like this Does the Torah give us what hadar means? No, the Torah just says Hadar. What does Hadar mean? Beautiful. The rabbis came along and interpreted Hadar. So it's, it's, it's all based on their interpretation. So him, Amru, him, Amru. Once already you say, it's like the Torah said, Mulad Hayavesh Pasul. All the Torah uses the word Hadar. So the rabbis can come along and say, listen, for, 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 for Normal situation, if it's dry, it's pasul. But in the case of Shatadag, we'll be lenient. Hem amru, hem amru. The same rabbis that created the law of Yavish, they can come along and define to us when to apply the law of Yavish and when not to apply. That's the shita of the Rosh. In any event, the Gemara continues. Amar Mor. Keshem she'en pohatin mehen, kach en musifin alehen. Uh, the Gebara says, just like you can't bring less, this, that less than the species, you can't bring more. So Gebara says, Peshita. Of course, what do you mean? Baltosif. Well, I would think you can bring five or six uh, species. Don't we know the Torah says Baltosif? You can't, you can't bring extra. What's the Hadush in that? What's the, it's obvious. says, Mao de Temao Ilva Maravi Uda Lulav Sarich Eged. Right? Rabbi Uda's opinion we know is he has the old mitzvah, you must tie the Lulav. Right? V'imayti mina aharina, and if you're going to bring another species, hai lehudekae, v'hai lehudekae. 
which is I would have thought, listen, if you don't tie it, according to me with that dafka, if you tie it, that's mitzvah, right? So I would have thought maybe if you don't tie it, you just bring an extra species. You're carrying your dulav in your hand. You tied the, the, the three items: the dulav, that that's the araba, and you have the etrog in the other hand. And with the etrog, you took a different uh, item, yeah. or you took in your hand without tying another species. You took a branch of another tree. Good. So I would have thought, well, in that case over there, since you didn't make egged, mm-hmm. so therefore, it's like it's about to see. That even in such a case, it's going to be considered baltosif, which means not you don't have to tie it. Now it comes out according to this that not only for the biudah this is going to be a baltosif, which is hadush the biudah, even for the banan, even for the, of course for the banan, certainly for the banan, because this over is uh, an extra, an extra. You don't have to tie it according to the banan. The chaurah this gemara is going against what we just learned. We learned on the Amud Rishon, we said that Dafka, the only time it's about to see the coin to the Behuda, when it's tied. Why? Because then you're doing it for the mitzvah. And when you're doing it for the mitzvah, now you're doing five items for the mitzvah, that's Asur. Right? It's not tied. And we said, and the rabbis will hold that what? When it's uh, tied, there's no mitzvah to tie. Right? So therefore, the Chaurat Kot even if you tied it, there's not going to be an Yan of. Baltosif. Here we're coming along and saying, no, we're saying that everybody's going to hold that when you didn't tie it, you're going to be with that achamin. It's baltosif. She's a quarter hours. Why should be baltosif? Seemingly, there's no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah to tie it. There's no mitzvah not to tie it. So the chara, why should everybody hold? It's baltosif over here. How do we learn this? So Tosfot asks this question. Tosfot answers like this. He says we're talking about a specific case over here. The case we're talking about is where. You're holding the extra species in the normal way it grows. To be over baltosif, you have to hold the item in the normal way. If you're holding it upside down or sideways, that's not considered using. You got to use it in the normal way. So everybody's going to agree. When you have your lulav, you add an extra species upright. Let's say you took a, whatever it is, you put it upright. Everybody's going to hold that's baltosif. Bottom line, you got extra species going on over here. The Gemara above Shintush was, there's a case where you can be Oved even when you take the species, not in the way it grows. According to the view that when you're tying, you're tying uh, some uh, plant, okay, around the lot. Is that the way it grows? No. Hadush, you're still over. Hey, I'm not doing it the way it grows. Doesn't matter. Lulav Sadiq Egid. And since Lulav Sadiq Egid, you're doing this for the mitzvah. Once you're doing it for the mitzvah, you get back to see. So above the Hadush is, even when it's not. Derek Gidulo. The Hadush over here is, when it is Derek Gidulo. According to everybody, even according to Akamim, when you don't attach, bottom line, you got an extra species over here, which I don't care if you're doing it for the mitzvah. You're not doing it for the mitzvah. Bottom line, you took an extra species over there, everybody's going to say, Baltosif. Oh, but when you tie, that's not the normal way it grows. What the Hakim will say? You're not over The Biudah says no. Hindush. Since it's a mitzvah, that's part of the Lulav now. You got five items. That's the way we square off. Got the Tosafot. Comes the Gibran continues. Amar Mor. Lo matza etrog. The guy didn't find any etrog. Lo yavi lo remon velo parish lo davar acher. Right? Don't bring a quince. Don't bring a pomegranate. Don't bring any other items. Peshita. What do you mean? Of course. What do you mean? Why would I bring another item? Well, ma'u de tema light. Bring it. Kehish lo tishkach torat etrog. Bring it just so you remember that you got this, this a fourth species. Right? You don't have an etrog over there. But bring just the fourth item, whatever it is, zekhir. Kamash ma'alan. That what? Zimnin dinafik khurbamine. By doing this item, it could be destruction is going to come out of it. Why? Datilim israch. You're going to get used to it. Now, remember, last year we took a quince. Right? Now, the next year we take a quince. So then we don't want the people to get. Uh, to get, uh, you know, to, to forget, which is above when the Ahmad said, you're taking the lulav. How can it be dried lulav? Right, so the Ahmad said, it's a lulav. So you remember, uh, the lulav it has to be dry, it has to be moist, but we took a dry one. Here, by taking a totally different species, you're going to forget the uh, entire item. So that's why he says, it's no good. Good? Okay. Now, 
So it's a gizera, right? It's a gizera. I mean, it should be the door, right? It's, uh, no, no. The right is not yotze. The Torah says, "Bari et sadam." The rabbi is not to be in a trunk. So we're just saying, why don't you bring another one? Not to be yotze the mitzvah. Oh. Bring it. Shelo t'shtakat Torah teruv. Torah Torah tetrog. When you're taking a quince. There's no way you would say the mitzvah don't write. All the Gemara is saying, I would have thought you take it just for the commemorative zechir, zechir. So you don't forget the throne, right? Kamash no. We don't want you to bring another item because you're going to forget and think that this is the throne now. Comes the Gemara continues. I'm telling you, lulav is different. Lulav is different. That's why I answered. The Rabbis say, bottom line, when you take a dried lulav, it's lulav. So then I'm not going to forget the Torah lulav is lulav. I mean, it's dry. I'm not going to take. Why, why, why would I take a dried lulav? I don't know. I have to take a normal lulav. <laughs> Correct. According to the Avad, you know, you'd say. According to the Rosh, you what you'd say. Comes again when I continues. Kashema. Etrog ayashan pasul. All the etrog. Tarakama says pasul. The Rebbe Yehuda machshir. Oh, now you have an unanswerable question. The Rebbe Yehuda says an old etrog. It's dried out. The Buddha says what? Kashir. That's clearly that says what? You don't need Hadar by a trog. A solid refutation on answer against the Ravaz, the one that said that by a trog everybody agrees you need Hadar. Here you see clearly the Buddha says an old trog is Kashir. Finish, Ravaz, out. Refuted. The Buddha does not need Hadar by a trog. The Gabra says, you don't need Hadar. We learned in the Mishnah. You have an etrog that's green. Like karti, like the leek. The leek is like a scallion, it's green. So you have a green etrog. Rabbi Meir Makshir. Rabbi Meir says kosher. Rabbi Meir Pasul. Rabbi Meir says posed, no good. Lab Mishum Debe Hadar. We're assuming the reason is because the green is not nice. So you see the view that does hold the Vadar. The Gemara says, no. It's not ripened yet, meaning it's not developed. When you pluck it off the tree and it's green, it's not a peri. You took it off, you preempted it. Which means, and you're going to leave this item over here, it's not going to turn colors. Which means you, you took it off early. Which is, of course, the view that will agree that if you have a, a throat that's green, Right, but if uh, you keep it on the table a little and it'll turn colors to yellow, you see it turn to yellow, fine. That just you took it off after it's a penny, but here we're talking about karti, it's gonna stay green. So we thought the psul is what? Hadar. No, that's not the psul. Really the Buddha, you don't need hadar. The issue of it is it's gotta be a penny, but and since you took it off early it's not a penny. Shiur etrog katan. What's the minimum shiur of an etrog katan? The minimum size of an etrog. Rabbi Meir Omer Ka'egoz. Rabbi Meir says a walnut. Tiny. Rabbi Uda Omer Ka'besa. No, no, actually at least the size of an egg. Lav Mishum Debaye Hadar. We're assuming the logic why since you need a bigger size. Can be nice. Also you see, also you need Hadar. Kebara says, no. Mishum de Logamar Pira. Again he holds. If it's less than the, uh, a size of a bitsa, it's not considered a peri yet. Which is the, it's not considered a peri until the minimum size. Tashema. Ubagadol, what's the maximum size etrog you could use? Kedeshi yuhashnaim biyadoahat. Tarakama says maximum size etrog, you gotta be able to hold two of them in one hand. Bigger than that, no good. Devere biyuda. That's Rabbi Yudah's opinion, by the way. Rabbi Yosef Omer, Afilu Ahat Meshtei Yadav. Rabbi Yosef says, the drug can be so big, that you take one in two hands. Now, my Tama, what's the logic of Rabbi Yudah? Why he says a gigantic, a big drug is no good? Lav Mishum Debei Hadar. It must be, it means Hadar, meaning a very big drug. For Hadar, a nice drug has got to be, you know, a decent, normal size. So the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. You know what it means was such a big etrog is no good? Kevan de Amar Rabah. Lulav biyamin ve'etrog bismol. What's that, Akha? You hold the lulav in the right hand. When we say lulav in lulav, hadas and araba, and the etrog in the left hand. What's going to happen? Zimnin de mehal feler. Sometimes, somebody's going to give you lulav, and they're talking the wrong hands. They're going to give you the lulav in the left hand, and they're going to give you the etrog 
in the right hand. What's going to happen? You're going to have to switch. What's going to end up happening? You have such a big etrog, when you're going to switch hands, you can't maneuver it. What's going to happen? The etrog's going to fall, and the etrog's going to become pasul. It's going to, it's going to break. break. So the pitom's going to break, or whatever. It's going to, have a, it's going to cut. It's going to get a bruise. So therefore, that's the reason why big etrog is no good. Really, you don't need hadar. I don't care if the bigot throw is pursued for a different reason. The bigot throw is because it can't handle it. That's the issue. Comes again when says. Okay, bottom line, it says Pneet Sadar. How do you take care of the word Hadar for the Biyuda? So the Gemara says, "Ahu adar biilano mishana lishana." The Torah doesn't tell us what fruit to use; it just says a pity. So, what type of fruit to use? The fruit that lives in its tree from year to year. Like I explained, normal tr- fruit what they fall off. Hey, they throw it and stay on the tree for many years. Look at that she. Hadar biilano mishana lishana meachas shaminan deetrog amar kera sheein pri ahir oseken. She says the only fruit that stays on the tree from year to year is an etrog. And that's how you know, indeed it is an etrog. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.